Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. And welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 250. Wow, what a milestone. 250 episodes you've been tuning into twice a week for nearly two and a half years now. I'm so proud of you. Keep up the progress. Today, I wanted to celebrate this milestone podcast with a repeat guest. That is Ivan Barrett. Ivan first appeared on the podcast back in episode 54 in November of 2017. Ivan is a multifamily unit owner and syndicator who specializes in FHA and agency financed projects. Since 2015, Ivan has raised nearly $60 million in equity, acquired over 2,500 units, and grown Barrett Asset Management to a best-in-class vertically integrated asset and property management firm. Today, Ivan focuses his time on equity finance, acquisitions, and company strategy. Today, we're going to be discussing all things asset management with Ivan, all the way from that very first duplex he purchased to now how he's grown and scaled his portfolio and built a team around him. I'm really excited to bring Ivan back on the show, so let's jump right into it. All right, today I welcome back on the show, Mr. Ivan. Ivan, hey, how are you? Jacob, it's great to be on the show again, buddy. It's good to see you, good to be here with you and your audience. I hope I can deliver some value today. I'm sure you will. Well, welcome back. Now, you and I were just talking. You were on the show first in episode 54 back in November of 2017, so almost two years ago. A lot has changed. I had to get you back on the podcast, catch up, tell us what's new in your world. But before we dive into all of that, Kind of back up and for the audience members that didn't catch that first episode with you on, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, your background, your journey. Just uh, walk us yeah. through who you are a bit. Yeah. Again, Ivan Barrett, for those that don't know me, I've been in real estate almost my entire life, really. Grew up with a father who's an attorney, had a bunch of rental properties, and you know, thought at a very young age, real estate was a great route to take. I thought, why would anybody want a real job, right? Why would you just... <laughs> not own a bunch of real estate, watch the rent checks come in and do whatever you want. So that was sort of the hook for me. Uh, went to IU, Indiana University, studied real estate finance, got out, worked for another developer here in Indianapolis for about eight years, ended up being a father figure mentor to me, got to wear a lot of different hats, learned a lot of lessons. Some of those greatest lessons I learned were right around 2008 when you know the whole business model fell off a cliff and I got to wake up and realize that I'd been distracted by the speculation game and I had gotten out of the cash flow game and so figured my way to get back into cash flow I started a property management company Baird Asset Management now called BAM 
in my spare bedroom, just me and a bookkeeper that came in every other week, and really primarily managed third-party units for other small investors, a lot of landlords by necessity back in those days that couldn't sell condos or townhomes or houses. And that's how I used that to start scaling. Then I started doing my own little multifamily deals, never did single family, but started doing small multifamily deals, duplexes, a threeplex. My first apartment rehab was a six-unit bank-owned deal in an up-and-coming area. And then from there, I started buying uh, bigger apartment buildings, uh, 35, 30, said I'd never do another small deal again. And then I bought uh, 15 units because it was too good of a deal to pass up. And I had a partner on those deals, not always the same partner, but I would find one partner to do it with me. It would just be an operating agreement. And then I bought 60 units and did my first syndication and you know, continued to grow from there. And today we are somewhere around 80 employees. Uh, depending if we fired anyone today or not. Wow, congrats. Uh, or, or hired anyone. <laughs> there you go, more uh, likely. You know, you, we don't have a lot of turnover these days, but we still have a few here and there. Yeah. Uh, we're about 80 employees. Most of those are on the property management side. And here in Indianapolis, Indiana, is our headquarters where we have our asset management team and all the pieces that make that work well. My business partner and I, our assets under management is about probably about 300 million now depending on how you calculate it, 2,500 units we own uh, via syndication with our investors. We're up to about 150 LPs now of all shapes and sizes and stripes. And then we manage about another thousand units on top of that 2,500 for third-party clients that don't have that in-house management team. I have a lot to unpack there, but one thing I think is unique <laughs> about yourself is you're one of these rare breeds of people who were always involved in real estate. You're not an engineer or accountant or attorney or doctor turned real estate investor mid-career. You knew this was your kind of path to a career from the get-go. So it's a bit of a unique, I guess you maybe not unique, but less common path, right? So Thank you. Yeah. It's a badge of honor and certainly a competitive advantage to a lot of the competition out there that I've got an in-house, fully vertically integrated management team. Wasn't an easy path. And I knew there'd be mistakes along the way. And I knew I'd fail a lot. But I also knew that if I could continue to get back up every time I got hit in the mouth and learn from it, that uh, one day I'd be having a lot of fun, which today we do have uh, quite a bit of fun. And it's uh, exciting to watch where we're going to go from here. Yeah. Well, Ivan, I think it's important to note that maybe the audience members, you know, driving in their car, listening to this podcast right now, or sitting at home listening in or thinking, man, you know, I didn't go to college and study real estate finance and I don't have a 2,500 unit portfolio and 80 employees. I'm not like Ivan at all. But in fact, you started like many people. You went out and bought your very first duplex. So kind of yeah, walk man. us through that first journey and, you know, show how relatable your path really is to people. Absolutely. I house hacked a duplex. And then I got distracted after that thinking I was going to do big development deals. If I could go back in time, I probably would not have gone to college, at least not a four-year degree. I would have done something much faster and I would have started buying more property. And so I think what gets you know in the way of most people is just taking that action. I like listening to motivational content in the morning. And I was listening to this great just piece of content I found on YouTube. Uh, I want to give a shout out. I think it was Motivate University. Okay. Great channel. Great channel. And the gentleman in the video, which I wasn't watching as I was driving, I was just listening. 
Right, right. <laughs> uh, said, you know, for those who want to move mountains, they must first begin by picking up stones. And when I was a kid, my dad would always say to me over and over again, the journey of 10,000 miles starts with one step. And I would, you know, laugh it off or say, shut up, dad. You know, I've heard that, you know, I'm sick of hearing that, right? And he had all these things because uh, he was a big self-development guy. He had every tape course imaginable, Earl Nightingale and Zig Ziglar and all the old guys. Uh-huh. And one day it dawned on me, it's 2009. I've got negative cash flow. All my development deals with my mentor were going bust. He was going to be okay because he's a very conservative guy that had a lot of dry powder. And so he could weather the storm, but I really couldn't. And I had built up this lifestyle based on, you know, selling things, flipping things, which was all falling apart. And it dawned on me one day that saying, it started ringing in my head again. And instead of saying, you know, miles, I put in doors. And I said, you know, the journey of 10,000 doors, which today the goal is much higher than that, but the journey of 10,000 doors starts with the next two, right? Because I wasn't going to buy single family. But so instead of, you know, reaching, overreaching and trying to get into a big deal and wasting time and having another year go by, I said, okay, you know, how am I going to get the next duplex, triplex, right? And that's where the management company was formed because I could go out and if I could provide a service to others, if I could help add value to others, I could get a repeatable income stream in the form of a management fee. And that, you know, going out there and getting that management deal was much faster than doing my own deals, right? Because it takes cash and time. And so I was running these two things simultaneously because they dovetailed quite well together. But I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I hadn't figured out how to start taking those small steps on a daily basis that were on the right mountain, right? That were going the right direction. And I just, you know, time was starting to go by so quickly. You know, my 20s were gone before I could blink an eye. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, if, you know, if I just get through this, and I just do these little things every day and take these steps that I'm going to wake up and it's going to be five years later. Right. And I can either be still on the sidelines talking about big deals or who knows if I just focus on getting that foot in front of the other, how do I get my next deal? Right. How do I get my next management client? How do I add systems and technology to make that side scalable. And that's how we grew it. Yeah, I love that. So what I'm taking out of your story here is I really like that you were kind of all in in real estate from the beginning, right? You weren't out mowing yards and driving for Uber, saving up cash to buy a duplex. You were in real estate, managing other people's properties and learning and just like, you know, soaking everything in and, you know, applying that experience and growing your own portfolio from the sound of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if if you're young out there and you're listening to this, you can certainly do that. There's many paths to get there. You know, one would be residential sales, going and working for somebody and doing whatever they tell you to do, you know, to get money in the door and learning from that side of the game, just so that you're immersed in it, right? Whatever you can do to bust in. I mean, if you got a, a really good friend of mine who's successful in the beginning, he worked at a wine boutique on nights and weekends and did real estate during the day so that he could keep his lights on, but stay in the game. And then as time went on, he was able to devote more and more time to his real estate practice. It's just what's interesting is most people don't want to do what it takes to get there, but there's ways to do it. You don't have to necessarily quit everything and jump right in, but it does take a lot of energy and effort, no matter how you slice it up. Yeah, sure. 
Well, you alluded to one of these lessons you learned earlier, Ivan, in the show, and you said in about the 2008, 2009 timeframe, you realized you were focusing on the wrong thing, appreciation, rather than the cash flow. So tell us about yeah. the lessons learned there and now what you're doing differently. Oh, man, there's so much to unpack there. But in a nutshell, if your audience goes back to cash flow quadrant or Rich Dad's Guide to Investing, basically, it's the difference between investing for capital gains, which is buying something for X, adding value, or hoping the market's going the right direction and hoping to sell it for more at a profit later, right? So flipping homes, developing land, building a building and then selling it, right? That's more of a capital gains or speculation type play. Same with buying stocks, hoping they go up. Right. What I refocused on was cash flow, right? A business that would generate consistent cash flow and income properties that would generate cash flow, but where I could also force appreciation by increasing the cash flow, forcing the value of the asset in a lot of cases, you know, refinancing. And then as time went on, it got to the point where I could sell my small deals and continue to trade up into larger ones where today, most of those properties that are smaller are gone. And I continue to redeploy capital into our large apartment syndications in our fund. Yeah, that's great. So you kind of had this probably kind of light bulb aha moment sometime in that 2008, 2009 kind of financial crash. Luckily, it didn't cripple you. But was it a big like mindset shift, you know, kind of focusing your, turning your uh, focus, if you will, to this cash flow model? I can't point to one particular impetus or inflection point. I did a lot of reading, a lot of soul searching, and very quickly realized that cash flow is tougher. It takes longer, but it's far more robust and in some cases even anti-fragile to the economy. I didn't want to build a business like development or construction where things have to go well for the business to succeed. Because I knew that there was always another correction or recession on the horizon. And I, like most humans, am not all that great about predicting the future. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So I'd rather be in a business that can work in any market. Well, let's talk about how you've made a vertically integrated, you know, kind of environment around Barrett Asset Management. You know, you've got your property management company, you've got a construction company, you've got the capital kind of side of the business. Now, I want to focus on the property management. Lots of operators out there elect to hire third property management because it's just, you know, maybe not the best use of their time. Now, I understand yeah. you got your start in that space, but was there ever any kind of dilemma you had about, you know, hiring that out or was, did you always know that you wanted to keep that property management in-house? From the very beginning of starting my own company, I knew that I would grow that management side of it because I modeled other large companies to do the same thing. And so I didn't want to reinvent the wheel and my model necessitated me controlling that in-house. And what that enabled me to do is build again a cash flow stream from the management side that could keep my lights on and continue to pay people. And what we were able to do now is because our major profit or value add is really derived from the real estate, it allows me to continue to reinvest in my property management machine, which only continues to get better and better. So for me, it's a control thing. It's a part of the model. It's having that autonomy, right? If I've got a property that's sucking on lease-ups, right? I can pull my best leasing agent from another asset. I can move them for two weeks to a new asset, you know, 
I moved one person from Ohio to Illinois for two weeks just so I could have the best leasing agent on site to train the new leasing staff on another property. Property management companies, right, they have all the control of where their best people are. And I wanted that in-house. And I saw these big companies in most of the very large successful businesses had that management side of it in-house. And so for me, you know, we're a small business, let me back up. We're a big business that today happens to be small. And that's the way I've always wanted to run this company. So for now, it's not about profit. It's about execution. And there's just, I don't see any way to pull that off on a large scale without that type of control in-house. I know some others can do it and that's their DNA and their model. That's just not mine. I love that you say you're a big company that today happens to be small. It just shows kind of your foresight and how you see the business growing there. Yeah. Again, going back to like the cash flow quadrant philosophy, you know, my goal is to completely be playing in the B and I quadrant and to be successful in the B quadrant, you've got to have a business that can grow and get bigger without you being there every day. Yeah. And the real path to wealth is having a big business. It doesn't have to be in real estate. Certainly others have done it in, other, in many different industries, but taking the flow, the cash flow from that big business and funneling it into the I quadrant is the fastest way to accelerate that wealth machine, that wealth bucket. Yeah. One thing I've noticed, Ivan, that you've done pretty uniquely is you've built this really, really professional team around you. And I'm looking at Barrett Asset Management website this morning, you know, just kind of catching up with what you're doing. You have a president and COO, a director of maintenance and construction, a director of finance and operations. I mean, you have a really professional outfit. Now, I know it hasn't always been like that. So tell us a little bit about how you've grown your team from that very start. Oh, man, one person at a time. And it's a struggle. It's a whole new learning curve for me. I knew going in, in most days, people make real estate seem easy. Managing people is very tough. Leadership and growth and management of human beings is so much more difficult than figuring out a real estate deal. But it's worth it. And so, there's no secret sauce to it. I just got in there and started doing it. Failed a lot in the beginning, especially when you're you know, a small, small company. It's hard to find the best people for the job. And so you have to you know, work with what you've got and continue to grow and scale. And now we're in a much more fun place now that we're larger. And we've got some great people on the executive team. They're now learning, as I did, how to develop people underneath them so we can continue to scale not just by working harder, but by smarter. And we've been really focused on culture. And what's our competitive advantage is, again, we're not a property management company. So the property management arm really can afford to take what would have been profit margin and roll it back into the business. And, and by doing that, we have more bandwidth to focus on culture. So we, with that and the things that we do to attract quality people, keep people longer. People tend to do a better job and you tend to get more people banging on the door wanting to work at BAM, you know, than going out and having to hire and recruit as much. And so it's a really great foundation for us. And what works well for the investor and what helps me sort of sell all this to new partners, I can go a whole year and do zero deals and still make payroll. Because yeah. I've built that fee structure and that management team so that I don't have to acquire, I don't have to sell, and I don't have to refinance. 
to make payroll. And I saw a lot of companies that were not in that position because they were development companies, they were deal companies, they were construction companies. When everything fell off a cliff, they had to shrink, right? And what we've modeled is a company that can withstand those sorts of economic storms and hopefully improve even greater or grow even faster inside the storm than only when things are going well. I think you mentioned something there that is pretty interesting and I want to dig into. And you said you didn't have to sell or even refinance to make payroll. So in your syndication model, you essentially raise funds from investors, you buy an yeah. asset, you manage it. Eventually, you, you, know, you increase your cash flow, increase the value, possibly sell down the road. But what's exactly your model, Ivan, there at BAM or BAM in terms of you know, managing the asset? Do you refinance? Do you sell you know, at a period of five to seven years? Are you holding on to these assets forever? What's that look like for you? you know, every three to six months, every quarter, at least twice a year, we're looking at every deal and we're saying, do nothing, sell, refinance. And we're running that internally with our team and we're running that with our, with our lender. And we look at real estate, we look at assets coldly, right? It's mass. So we've got some that we've refinanced and, and are returning capital and, and continuing to hold and we'll probably hold on a 10-year deal, maybe more. However, most of our deals we're looking to harvest between years five and seven and sell, but then redeploy that capital and continue to grow because what we found is that by harvesting the equity every so many years, when the time is right, you can grow that wealth bucket faster than say maybe an old school or slower model of paying down debt and just you know letting all that equity sit there. What people sometimes fail to recognize or eventually learn is instead of calculating cash on cash, calculate return on equity. So over time, as you're paying down debt and you're building equity inside an asset, your cash on cash may be going up, but your return on equity actually tends to go down. And so what we like to do is continue to refinance, recapitalize the deal or sell the asset. That becomes really dependent on the age of the asset, the market that it's in, and our reasonable or conservative expectations for the future performance of that asset. Yeah, that's really important stuff and some good takeaways there. Now, when you're talking about asset management, Ivan, what exactly does that mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question, Jacob. So asset management to me is everything that happens with the property that doesn't happen on site necessarily. Mm, okay. Um, I like it, how you break that down. Yeah, yeah. So Technically, you could say some of it happens on site, right? But it's the folks that manage the on site management team, the budget, the capex schedule, the goal of the property, right? Whether is it time to refinance or sell? What's the market doing in general? This would be a much easier business if you could just hire a property manager, a leasing agent, and a couple of maintenance guys and say, hey, manage my property and send me a check, right? Right. <laughs> um, there's so much more to it than that. And so from an asset management side now, you know, I've got somebody that oversees the property managers. She has a lieutenant, a regional manager, so that she can be in two places at once. Same for my construction and maintenance guys. They're 50% blue collar, 50% white collar. They, they <laughs> like run that. those teams, right? And then we've got internal accounting, finance, operations, audits oversight, all kinds of things that also need attention and need management. And so those folks, along with the fourth now, 
uh, who's been a great addition over the last year, who runs our HR department, our culture, and oversees you know efforts there on how do we continue to be a great place to work and how do we recruit and payroll and benefits and everything that goes into HR. And so those people report to the president of the company, who's my partner, along with you know some administrative and some marketing here at home base, so that we can make sure that our game plan, as we see it, is carried out at the at the community level. Yeah, sure. Well, Ivan, what would you tell the listener who's out there listening to this interview right now and thinking, wow, like Ivan's got it going on. I want to replicate his success. I want to build a business like he has, but I've got two duplexes and it's hard to kind of see that next step. What's kind of some actionable piece of advice for someone you'd have in that similar position? Yeah, it's tough to give, you know, uh, one size right fits all. Sure. Um, And so if you want to be like me, you got to start modeling people like me in your environment and seeing how they did it. A lot of them started, you know, property management or construction or some other business that isn't solely dependent on the deals you do, but can provide services to others as well. There's a, you know, a few ways to do that. But if you really want to grow something big, you've got to find a way to create a business around that. Because just going out and buying real estate with a group of, you know, GPs, or investors isn't going to get you there as fast as you might think. You need that B and that I quadrant working. So if you've got two duplexes and you don't go know where to go next, and you really want to model what I do, you got to get your license in most states and become a broker in order to manage as a third-party manager for others. And that's a really great way to grow a business. It's a really hard way. I would only recommend it for the few, the proud and the brave that are willing to go through it because you're going to get hit in the face quite a lot. But if you don't quit, it is a surefire way to grow a business. Other than that, more general advice on personal development, growth. And again, it doesn't have to be property management, but in almost every case of success at a high level, there's a business variable to the formula in one shape, form, or another. It's hard to say it any better than your dad told you, Ivan, if you want to move a mountain, you have to start with stone by stone, right? So that's kind of how you sum it up. Yeah, stone by stone, man. There's really no shortcut now. After you've moved a few stones, you figure out a way to move them a little more efficiently. You start hiring people to help you move the stone. You start building machines that also help move the stone. You figure out ways to work smarter, not harder. But in most cases, you got to put in the hard work first. Yeah, I love that. Well, I don't necessarily love it, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you bring up a good point, Jacob. There's a lot of fascination and focus right now on only doing what you love and what you're passionate about. And you know, for me, I think a lot of that is bullshit. I think to do what you love, you've got to sacrifice first and probably do what you hate to get to that point. And you know, for me, it's now 2019. I started this in 2010. You know, the last two, three years have been really fun. And I get to focus a lot of time on doing what I love and what I'm best at in the business. But it was night and day starting off working seven days a week, 25 hours a day trying to grow a business. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't met anybody. I haven't met any of those so-called unicorns yet that didn't go through that at some point in some way. Sure. 
even, you know, with the small portfolio of real estate I have, which is not very comparable to yourself, Ivan, you know, I've gone through my own growing pains. So maybe tell us a little bit about some of those growing pains you've gone through and what you did to overcome those. Oh man, how much time you got? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot and it's different today than it was when I started. And I think the best advice I could give to your audience, Jacob, is that pain is part of it, right? Whether you want to get in shape, you want to start a business, you want to get really good at within the business that you're already operating in so that you can make a lot of money. You know, a lot of my investors are really good at selling medical devices or practicing medicine or, you know, they've got a construction business or they've got a really high paying job. And few of them come to me wanting to do what I do. And some of them realize, wow, I should just really work hard at what I'm doing and partner with you because you've been at this for 40,000 plus hours. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of people think that real estate's just some magical, you know, formula for success. But if you don't have some other flow funneling in to help you buy your real estate, it's a very, very, very get rich, very slow model. Ivan, have you ever been called an overnight success in your time? <laughs> oh, man. A couple times, yeah. And people said, wow, you've grown so quickly, so fast. And you know, for me, it doesn't feel that way. We, as the uh, entrepreneur, I always want to go faster and fly higher. But I try to be as transparent as I can that, you know, none of this was done overnight. And this was born out of a lot of failure, a lot of stress, a lot of getting hit in the mouth. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, Ivan, let's kind of take a minute and talk about projections, outlooks on the market, what's in store for you and BAM. Tell us a little bit yeah. about what you're kind of seeing in the market, what your future plans are, and then let's kind of wrap up with some goals. Yeah. In 2017, when you and I spoke, by the end of that year, beginning of January, we had bought about $45 million in real estate. End of 2018, we bought $65 million in real estate. I think by the end of this year, we should do better than that. Deal flow is really starting to pick up in the fourth quarter. There's always transactions to be had. There's deals in every market. I don't see pricing coming down anytime soon because rates are so low. The spread between what you get in the bank, right, and what you can get in a private equity deal, whether it's real estate or business or some other sort of model, is still quite great. So what that does is it makes it really hard to find a deal for my investors. We target a 14 to an 18% annualized return on a five-year hold. We underwrite to 10 with long-term debt in case we enter a rough patch. We don't have to sell and our debt is secured. But to hit those target returns, we have to look at about 200 deals to find one. Good news is, is as because we have our own management team, we're expanding geographically. And because of our track record, not only with our investors, but also our brokers and our sellers of property, we get a lot of deal flow here in the Midwest. So it's more of the same for us. We've now, with our track record and our ability to raise capital, we've entered what I would call a hybrid fund or a multi-asset private placement. It has some characteristics of a fund, but mostly analogous or similar to a standard syndication. Except now I go out with my investors and we buy multiple assets within the same private placement to spread the risk yeah, and, okay. and also provide a higher probability of a higher return. Still own the real estate, 
still get the K1, still get the big losses early on. Sure. But instead of buying one apartment community, we're buying maybe four to six inside the same PPM. Okay. Yeah. And it's not, are there oftentimes those portfolios of one owner selling, you know, their portfolio of properties or what does yeah, that look it's like? Always a, it's not necessarily a portfolio we're buying. We're more building the portfolio for okay. the investor. We're looking at some deals right now that would be part of a portfolio, but it's more of building out a portfolio or an allocation with inside the same private placement. So it, it has characteristics of a fund, but it's not a piece of paper. And it does have a, you know, a target hold period of five to seven years. It can go longer, just like a syndication can, because nobody wants to sell in a bad market. And it pays income monthly. So a lot of our investors are asking for more cash flow to be consistent. And so we're moving to a monthly distribution model. And we're, you know, at this point in the market, I'm a big fan of value investing. And the value investing playbook says at this point in the market cycle, be really freaking careful. So <laughs> we've gotten away from C and lower end B properties and we're really focused uh, like a private equity company might be on buying well-run businesses. So we're in that B plus, uh, A minus space. We're certainly not luxury housing. We're still in the middle to upper end of workforce. Here in the Midwest, that's going to be, you know, 900 to maybe $1,400 a month for a three bedroom. Sure. So we're capping our upside. In you know, a few cases, we'll go north of 20. We'll hit it a little harder than we thought. But we're not doing the heavy lift, lots of problems to solve value add. We think there's too much risk in that model right now. And there's, there's not enough premium. Pricing is too compressed. And so we're buying nicer assets with a much lower downside risk. Sure where we can still get that 14 to 18% IRR. It'll still cash flow out of the gate. There's not a catch up. We like being current on the press. Well, Ivan, 2,500 doors under management or under ownership, another thousand under management, $250 million portfolio. What's next for you? You're going to continue growing? Are you going to go retire on the beach soon? What's, the, <laughs> what's life look like for you? No, what's fun now is I continue to get to look at playing the game at a higher level and I get to play it from anywhere. So it's more and more, I get to run this wherever I'm at. For us, it's rinse and repeat. You know, our mountaintops probably somewhere around 20,000 units. But again, we're not collectors of real estate. We like to harvest capital and continue to rebalance the portfolio. Right now, you know, I am still on that mountain picking up one stone at a time. The stones have gotten a little heavier. <laughs> and the first ones, but really just focused on the next, you know, 500 to a thousand units, hopefully within the next four to five months. Awesome. Ivan, hey, it's been a lot of fun having you back on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. For people who want to learn more about you, connect with you, check it out more about what you're doing. Where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, the, you know, the best place these days, although you, it's pretty easy to stalk me on Google, if you spell my last name correctly, B-A-R-R-A-T-T. Yes. Pretty easy to find me. On LinkedIn a lot. If you go to barrettassetmanagement.com and sign up on our investor profile, there's a lot of uh, great information there as well as offering. But uh, there's a video series on our investment thesis and how we look at the world, uh, a lot of content we've produced. And then my assistant's phone number, I'm always happy to set a call 317 762 2625. 317 762 2625. 
Ivan at BarrettAssetManagement.com. And again, you got to spell it B-A-R-R-A-T-T. Got it. Ivan, hey, thanks for providing all that great contact information. Even more so, thanks for coming on the show, dropping so much great knowledge. Look forward to having you back on in the future. Thanks, Jacob. It's fun to talk with you again, man. It's uh, great to see you growing from when we talked last. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Ivan. Well, hey, till next time, take care. You too. All right, that wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Ivan Barrett. Wow, what a great conversation. As you can tell, Ivan is a super experienced multifamily investor and has really grown and scaled his portfolio and more importantly, built some really great teams and processes around him. Well, if you have any questions about anything that we mentioned in the show today, you can find all of those resources linked in the show notes. As always, for more information, resources, and to connect with me, you can do so at www.jacobayers.com. Go over, send me a message. I would love to hear from you. And please leave a rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on if you haven't yet. Till next week, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.